and welcome back to the Basic Trading Podcast. I am your host, Michael Bays, and it is time for this week's show. First of all, guys, I want to take the time and thank everybody that responded to last week's show. I got tons of questions on the website. I got emails. I got forum posts. I got everything you guys are absolutely just amazing um, with all the kinds of questions that I'm getting from everybody. Uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed uh, with the response we've gotten so far. So again, just thank you guys so very much. I'm going to do my best to answer some of the questions tonight that I got from last week's show. And I've got a theme going forward of what we're going to talk about and what I've got for you guys to do as well. Uh, if you didn't get a chance, uh, check out last week's show in which I talked about the four steps that you really need in order to begin a great fitness program. And what that's going to do for you is allow you to begin taking the proper steps to implement that in your life without it being too obtrusive or being too vague as far as what part you need to fix first in order to really get going. Um, and I talked about that all last week. And again, the response was amazing. So uh, go check that out. And um, it's on iTunes. You can subscribe to it. Uh, it should be episode three and uh, just give it a listen. And going forward with that, I'm going to build on tonight some of the stuff that we talked about last week in getting into that fitness program that you're trying to start because it is it is that time of year again. Um, it is the first part of November, and in my business, that is the beginning of the holiday season. It is the time when all the candy starts to come out, all the treats are starting to be baked, all the parties are coming forth, and essentially every single person on the planet tends to forget about fitness completely. I have no idea why, but from when everybody got going again, which is usually in, in my industry right around August, right around the time kids go back to school and fall starts to hit, we get really serious on a fitness program. And for about two months there, everybody is doing extremely well until a magical holiday pops up, and that holiday is Halloween. It is the beginning of the end for your fitness plan, at least until the end of the year, traditionally. I don't know if it's when you walk in the store and you see the awesome little bags of fun-sized candy, or you go home at night and for some reason your spouse has started baking this amazing dessert or if it got really cold outside and you started to make your first batch of chili or football season's there and you're out with the guys and you're eating wings, drinking a few beers, that kind of stuff. I don't really know which is the beginning phase of how it starts. I just know that it happens. And this, again, like I said, is the beginning of the downfall for most people's health regimen until the 1st of January. And now that we know that, the idea is we need to find a way to stop that. And you know, I, I try to preach this every single year, and I'll write an article or two about it, and it seems to kind of get lost in the fray. Um, I, I don't know if reading a fitness article is just not as fun as a whole bunch of fun-sized Snickers. But for some reason, it, it tends to be ignored, at least until that moment where you go and put on uh, your your jacket from last winter and it doesn't fit. Uh, and then you just try to medicate that by saying, you know, I, I'm going to worry about that in January. Right now, I'm really going to go and I'm going to have that pumpkin pie. Um, so tonight's going to be the idea. We're going to find a way to at least initiate some type of thought that's going to help you prevent that this year going forward. Uh, I'm going to call it Get Fit Before You Get Fat. 
And it's the idea that in these next eight weeks, from November all the way through the end of December, we're going to kind of think about what we're doing going forward and try not to fall prey to the majority of the pitfalls that happened during this time period. And I'm going to lay out some steps for you. I've got some cool stuff I want you guys to try from me. And we're going to just kind of play with that back and forth and see how it goes. And I really think if you guys follow the steps that I've got going, you're going to see it's going to be a very successful winter season for you. And you're not going to have to hit January all brand new, having to join a gym, having to get started, having to drop the 30 pounds that you gained over the past eight weeks. We're going to stop that before it happens this time. Again, this is going to be the Get Fit Before You Get Fat program. Um, and just so you know, even I have to kind of behave during this time period. Today, I had the pleasure of getting in my office the first thing as I walked in, uh, Little Debbie Christmas Trees. I got vanilla and I got chocolate. They were sitting on my desk by a fantastic member of our club. He is a Little Debbie distributor. He is He spreads joy everywhere he goes. And I'm not your traditional trainer that's going to tell you about all the trans fats and the fact that in the event of a nuclear holocaust, little Debbie cakes are still going to be there in the very end. I'm just going to tell you that they're really, really, really good. Though I do prefer Swiss cake roll, the little Debbie Christmas trees are fantastic. I didn't eat one today, but that got me thinking about the idea that I probably am going to need to talk about this because it's that time. People are just going to randomly drop off really bad food, either at your workplace, at your house, you're going to go to a party, whatever it may be. So that's the theme of the show tonight is how to deal with that as it's going. And I'm going to lay out some tips for you, throw a challenge out to you, and see if we can't find a way to to stop that from actually happening. So beginning now is going to be a one-month series. Tonight, we're going to lay out the steps. And past that point, we're going to continue to build on that. But the theme tonight is going to be, how do we get you guys on track? How do you prevent that eight weeks from taking over your life and completely ruining your body? The first step, and it's going to kind of build on what we did last week as well. So if you haven't listened to that show, like I said, go back to it and take a listen and follow the steps and all the graphics and all of the the tools that I gave you guys to to look at. Uh, Anyway, the first step that we're going to do is I want you to go ahead and you can do it today, you can do it this weekend, whatever. Pick a day and I want you to take your own measures. And when I'm measuring a client, what I do is we go in, we do uh, body weight, we do circumferences, and I do a skin fold exam. And uh, I take a three-side exam and it's a YMCA test. I don't know if you guys are going to have access to skin fold calipers, but the first two are really the most important ones for this part going forward. I want you to take your measures, and that's going to include your body weight. So go ahead and you know kind of suck that up a little bit and look at the scale and find out where your starting point is. Second, if you can do this yourself, you are way more talented than I am. Uh, but I want you to take your circumference measures. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up a measure sheet on the website at michaelbays.com. And you can actually download that, uh, download that sheet. And you can actually record your measures for your starting point. And what I also want you to do after that is t- 
take some photos of yourself and figure out exactly where we're starting from. This is going to be akin to the Bill Phillips Body for Life Challenge. Uh, Bill Phillips wrote a great program about 10 years ago called Body for Life in which he challenged people to take a before photo, go for 90 days, and then take an after photo of all their fitness changes. We're going to do that on a little bit of a, a looser pattern here because I've got some more interactive things I want to do with you guys as you get through it. But take your measures, write them on my sheet, and keep track of those. Take a before photo, and then I'll let you know what we're going to do as we continue to go through the weeks with this. Um, what I'm also wanting you to do, and this is where we're going to start to pull in those interactive elements on the website, is I want you to go to michaelbays.com, and I want you to go ahead and register on the forums. And I want to see what you guys are dealing with at your workplace. I think it's going to be a very worthwhile thing. And the reason this is going to get you on track is because you're going to be able to see when you post those up, other people are going to see it, you're going to see it. It's going to hold you accountable to the kinds of things that you're running into, whether uh, you go and you're a teacher. And you walk into the break room and we've got donuts, we've got cakes and cookies and candies and all this kind of stuff sitting around or leftovers or you're a nurse and you walk into the break room and it's there. Pretty much what I've discovered is a break room at any office anywhere has really, really, really bad food and it's just sitting out there asking you to take it. When you see that as you walk in, I want you to take a photo and I want you to upload it straight to the site. Um, I think it's going to be very powerful to see how many images we end up building through this. Even I'm going to show you what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. And I work in a health club. And it's one of the worst places uh, you're going to find some of the worst foods, people behaving the worst, is in a gym. And I think it's going to be valuable for you guys to see that it's not like I live in this... I'm not a god up on high Mount Olympus looking down upon the commoners as they, they eat their, their bad food. I am dealing with this just as much as you guys are. And I think if we start to share that, we can actually hold each other accountable to how we eat well over this next eight weeks. So what you're going to do again is you're going to begin taking your measures using the measure sheet that I provided for you. I want you to actually take your conferences, take your body weight. If you got somebody that could take uh, your body fat percentage, go ahead and do that. I think it's fantastic. Also want you to snap a before photo of yourself. I think that's going to help you really see that visual change over the next eight weeks. And then you're also going to begin, and this is a rolling pattern, take photos of your food, upload them to the forums, and let us all take a look at what you are eating or what you should not be eating on a daily basis. I think it's going to help you guys quite a bit. Uh, the final step, and this is going to help get you on track, kind of harkens back to, to last week's show again, is track your workouts. And I'm going to provide for you an actual sheet for you to write down exactly what you're doing. And if you want to upload that to the website, I think that'll be very, very valuable to you. Um, let us know what you're doing um, just to kind of see. And it's just that proven accountability. And if nothing else, keep them for yourself. That's going to be how we start staying on track during this process more than anything else. So, again, take measures, take some photos of yourself. Take photos of the foods that are tempting you when you go to work and track your workouts. This is how we begin to keep you on track to get fit before you get fat. By the way, I really like that name. I think I'm just going to coin it, and that is the name of the new eight-week program until the end of the year. And to build on that a little bit more, I told you all the steps that I need you to do for me. 
And I mean, it's going to benefit you, but here's what I'm going to do to begin helping you with that. On the site, uh, I'm going to begin uploading free holiday recipes for you guys going forward. Now, I understand it's not even Thanksgiving. We barely, barely are just past Halloween. And I'm going to be the first to tell you I did I did eat some Halloween candy. In fact, if you look on Facebook, I bet you can find a few pictures of me in a very compromising position with some Tootsie Rolls. But it's because they were there. What are you supposed to do? Anyway, I digress. It's more about getting ready to deal with what's coming. Halloween is just like that little tip of the iceberg. Then you're dealing with every pre-Thanksgiving party. A lot of times these are bonfires, roasting some s'mores, um, going out and watching football games because it's a great time in the season uh, to get out there and eat some pizza with the guys or you know have a girls' night out, whatever it may be. It's leading up to those comforting feelings of Thanksgiving, and that means it's not necessarily the treats that are going to get you, at least in November. It's going to be the volume of food. It's less about cakes, cookies, and treats. That happened in Halloween, and that's more just your prepackaged candy. What you're going to deal with going forward, and I'm just kind of prepping you for this, is you're going to be dealing with stuffing. You're going to be dealing with giant amounts of cooked animals, whether it be turkeys, ham, uh, meatloaf, um, chili, all this kind of stuff, you're going to deal with foods that are not quantifiable. It's not like you can have a piece of this and move on. You're going to have giant bowlfuls of stuff. You're going to have giant mounds of food. You're going to have um, turkey with dressing and gravy and mashed potatoes and cornbread. All this kind of stuff's going to get piled on there. And so it's a volume question in this month. That's what November's about. How do you turn back the amount of volume? So what I'm going to do with these recipes is I'm going to show you how to cook meals that are more singular in nature. And the idea is that you're going to have a main dish, and then it's going to be up to you to make good side dishes that go with them. I'm not really into food conglomerate foods, and basically that is anything that ends in the word casserole or anything that involves about 10 pieces to make a dish like lasagnas or most of your pasta dishes and things like that. I'm going to teach you how to make very good tasting meals, very healthy meals, but the thing you make is a very singular thing, uh, whether it be a cooked filet or it be a pork roast or it could be, um, you know, I'll even count crockpot chicken and things like that um, in that category because it it's something that you can compartmentalize and you're not eating a ton of food at once. And that's going to help you with your portion control because that's what you're going to see is the biggest issue going forward with that is portion. In addition to that, we'll start blending in uh, how to develop healthier ways to make those foods. Um, you know, there's a difference between a, uh, a turkey breast loaf or a really, 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 really good fatty meatloaf. You know, how, how do we make that distinction of the two? How do you make uh, cauliflower mashed potatoes as opposed to regular mashed potatoes? And I know a lot of you just looked at that and heard that and went, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Honestly, if you make them correctly, they are really darn tasty. And you're going to cut out a lot of the carbohydrate energy that's there. You're going to cut out a lot of the fat. It's just a good, better alternative. Um, and so I'm going to provide you guys with all those recipes and how to cut down those portions uh, leading into Thanksgiving. John, really? <laughs> uh, by the by the way, I, 
I did that whole thing just just staring at the iPad, and I'm looking over at John, who obviously does not like my meal planning skills right there. I'm just saying cauliflower and mashed potatoes sound gross. It's really good. All right. You ever tried it? No. You get Emily to make you some. It's fantastic. Okay. I'll get her to make me anything. <laughs> I love you, Emily. John, John is he loves you, too. He just... I'll let you deal with that later. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, that's going to be the theme moving on, or that's the theme moving forward, at least in November. I'm going to get you guys these recipes. After you do that stuff for me, that's what I'm going to do for you. And so that we're going to get into next week's show of that, and I'm going to start teaching you guys how to make some of this stuff. And I think we're going to be making some videos going forward of how to cook these recipes that I've got for you. And that's going to be an interesting venture, so please don't judge those too harshly. Fairly certain it's going to be Mike Bays and his iPhone or iPad at his really, really awesome uh, cooking station trying to show you how I make food. Um, if nothing else, just just tune in for the, uh, the hilarity when it comes to that one. Anyway, to summarize kind of what's going on, I want you guys to again, take your measures, track your workouts, take some photos, begin thinking about how we're going to not, this year is not going to be like every other year you've done. We're going to attack this on purpose. We're going to have a support group. We're going to do every, anything and everything to make sure that even if we mess up, we get right back on track, but realistically to try to prevent these bad things from happening to start with. Because once I get into December, it's it's going to be on like Donkey Kong, guys. It's um, it's Christmas co- Christmas cookie time, and we're all going to be having a hard time with that one. But if we do this now, it's really going to benefit you because you will get that amazing head start, and you can tackle 2013 without the idea of, oh my gosh, I really have to lose that, that 30, 40, 50 pounds. You've gotten a good start with it. And now we can actually just kind of ride that coaster forward. I think that's going to be very worthwhile. If you start this with me, I promise you, you're going to be rewarded here in the next eight weeks. Fantastic. So moving on, we got that part out of the way. I want to take this last little bit of the show, and I want to actually answer some questions that I got from from last week. It's not really specific to last week's show, but these are some of the questions that have been pouring in. I just want to go over a few of them with you guys. Um, this comes from one of my Atlas members, actually, in Indiana. And the question is, what is the most important cardio to start with? Should I do the treadmill? Should I hit the rower? Should I be on the bike? My recommendation um, for people, whether it, let's start out with if it's to start. If it's something you're just brand new at doing, is say you're injury free and you're beginning a workout. The most important thing I want you to do and learn to master is most likely going to be the treadmill, unless you have some other outstanding thing I can't think of right now. And the reason because it's going to be the most versatile thing that you can actually use anywhere that you go. Uh, learning to use a treadmill is going to teach you, number one, how to run. Uh, a lot of people actually don't know how to do that correctly. It's going to teach you about your stride pattern. It's going to teach you how far you're going to go and your base speed uh, for when you get out there and you decide you want to actually do this on the road, which is actually the second reason I would recommend doing the treadmill first would be it's going to be 
a precursor to probably the best fat loss workout you could ever do, which is simply running. Um, it, it utilizes some of the body's most natural motions. It gets the heart rate up. It's going to work your legs. It's going to work your calves. It's going to actually work the upper half a little bit because you're going to have swaying motions back and forth. So, and you can use any kind of running program, whether it's a steady state run, you know, running, trying to run a 10 minute mile, or you begin running some of the more advanced programs I have clients doing, which is going to be a sprint program of running a maximum speed for a period of time, backing off a little bit, the heart rate uh, die down a little bit. It's just more of a, again, a more versatile thing that you can go anywhere and do, whether it's at your house, a health club, if it's on the street, if it's at a hotel when you're on vacation. It's the most common thing you're going to find. So my recommendation is learn to use the treadmill and begin a running program with that. Um, If you have any questions, I'll try to throw something up on the site as well uh, to give you some of the basics of what I teach uh, when I'm doing that. Uh, in secondary, just a quick tangent off of that one. The second one that I would recommend, the absolute best machine, hands down, no matter what, is going to be a stair stepper. And I don't mean that little choppy thing that you kind of bounce up and down with your calves on. It's it's more of the actual steps up and down. Uh, because what that's going to do for you, number one, is it's a cardiovascular workout but it also teaches you how to lift your body up. So there's an extra muscle function in there as well. And despite whatever the, the stepper is going to read out, you're going to get an amazing fat burn. You're going to get an amazing calorie burn. You're going to get an amazing hamstring and glute workout as well. That thing, at least in my health club, we call it the beast and we do it for a reason. That is the absolute king when it comes to shaping your body and getting your heart in the best shape possible. So... Again, uh, very first thing you would need to do is learn to master your treadmill and your running programs. Second is going to be your stepper programs. Hands down, absolute best thing ever to go with, ever, ever, forever. Amen. Moving on, another question I got was, what is the more important thing to be doing during a weighted workout? Should you fo- should you concentrate more on the weights being pushed or should you focus on more reps, maybe uh, lighter reps and, or excuse me, lighter weight and more repetition? It's a tricky question. It's got multiple parts to it. Uh, in the beginning, if you're a new person working out, what you really need to focus on is hitting repetition patterns again and again. Uh, it begins working on something called a strength curve. And that is, if I am going to push this weight up and down, I need to be able to push it up and down for a set number of times because that conditions the body to be able to do said motion. So let's say it was um, a barbell curl, and that's just curling a bar from uh, your legs all the way up to your chest and back down. You want to be able to practice doing that motion as many times as you can, typical rep patterns or repetition patterns, put it about 12 to um, twelve to 20 repetitions for beginner workouts. And that's, to con- again, to condition the body of how to do your motion. Uh, because in that repetition pattern, you're going to feel that muscle, the bicep muscle, start to, to heat up. You're going to learn how to control it on the way up, learn how to control it on the way down. And it just conditions that body to, to be able to do the lift. Now... Once you've done that for a period of time, and typically it's in a four to six week pattern, what you're going to see is you really need to begin pushing that weight higher. And that's why there's a second part to this question. 
when you begin to push the weight higher, that's where you begin to get your muscle development. If you can do something for 15, 20, or 25 repetitions with a certain weight, your muscle's already proven that it can lift that amount. Therefore, doing 30 reps or 40 or 50 or 60 or however many you want to do, it doesn't make any sense because the muscle obviously has the ability to do that. So pushing the higher weights at that point is going to cause that muscle to grow a little bit more. And that's really what you want long term because a muscle that has more developed fibers, which is what those heavier weights are going to do, will lend to more fat burn over time as opposed to just lifting lighter weights again and again and again thinking that's burning off fat. It's not really. It's actually going to burn off a ton of sugar. What's going to burn off the fat long term is developing more developed fibers. And to get that, you're going to have to push your weights higher. So what I recommend is after a period of time of hitting those 12s and 15 repetitions, start taking that weight, whether it was 20 pounds on that barbell curl, and you start pushing it to 30 pounds, and then move it to 40. Always strive to push that weight just a little bit higher and then try to hit those reps again, the 12s and the 15s or so. You're going to get a better result that way as opposed to just just sticking with the lighter weights long term. Um, and, and that's my recommendation for that one. So summing that one up is in the beginning, start working with your lighter stuff and hit the repetition patterns. But once you're starting to get succinct patterns of getting your 15s again, start pushing that weight up and definitely start to do that after the four to six week mark more than anything else. Uh, I hope that that answers that question. Um, And the final question I want to answer tonight, uh, this one's going to get a little more technical and a little more based on my experiences when it comes to some of the food stuff. Uh, Now I'm going to hear stuff from everybody. I've already gotten a few questions on this as well as far as my nutritional background goes. And I am not a nutritionist. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I call myself a nutritional counselor because... I eat food like you eat food. I don't think you need a degree to learn how to eat stuff. And I don't think you need a degree, and I'm going to make everybody mad by saying that. I don't think you need a degree to really understand what healthy food is for you. If you define healthy food the way I did a few shows ago, it's real stuff that grows on the earth or it's real animals that live on the earth. It's healthy because it's naturally occurring. We didn't do anything to change that stuff. So I don't think you really need a PhD to say you need to eat an apple, not a cheeseburger. I'm pretty sure that's just basic common sense. And what I'm finding is working with these people again and again and again, I'm able to say, to recommend and say, if you eat more like this stuff, which is what I eat, and that's usually how I will phrase things. If I'm in your shoes, I would eat X, Y, Z because it's going to give you a better result. And that's usually how I'm phrasing things. So d- don't take what I say as, as dogma. It's not something that you say, well, Mike Bay said I need to eat this, and so I only ate this, and you know I ended up dying from it. I, I don't need that on my conscience. Use some common sense when it comes to this. And when I'm doing my recommendations, it's what I'm recommending to people, my clients in particular, to try to take in because I notice when they eat those types of foods, they're getting better results. And so, again, do your own research. Uh, Learn what real food does for you. But I know when I'm recommending these eating patterns, you're going to get a better fat loss result. You're going to develop more muscle tone over the years as you do it. And that's where the majority of this is coming from. 
And I know that was an amazing disclaimer uh, because I'm going to answer more of a technical question when it comes to, the question is, what types of fats should I be eating in my diet? And let me preface this by saying uh, the person that asked me this um, is eating uh, more of a low-carbohydrate lifestyle. So fats in their body is going to do something a little bit different than it would for somebody who ingests a lot of carbohydrate. Uh, When you ingest a lot of carbohydrate, that's a primary energy source for the body. It's going to continue to utilize that as much as possible. Uh, Fats become secondary at that point, so any extra fat that's in the system gets stored, and that's, that's why most of us end up getting fat. We eat lots of carbs that have lots of fats, and then they sit on our stomach and we wonder why it gets bigger and bigger all the time. But for somebody who's eating a low-carbohydrate lifestyle, those fats they ingest become the primary source of the energy that's used. So it doesn't matter near as much the types of fats because you may have heard that you know saturated fat's bad for you or trans fats are bad for you. When you're eating a low-carb lifestyle, those are going to get utilized a lot differently. So they, they're really not as bad for you long-term because they're going to get eaten by the body. They're not going to be stored at all. Um, so anyway, again, another that was another disclaimer and another kind of preface to the question because when you're dealing with those fats on a low-carbohydrate lifestyle, you have a choice. You can have solid saturated fats versus uh, more liquid-based, monounsaturated, and polyunsaturated fats. Uh, An example of that would be butter versus uh, peanut butter, uh, or or almonds, or or just general nuts, or olive oil. Uh, A fat that's solid at room temperature is called saturated fat. It's usually found in animal products. Uh, Butter, uh, cheese, uh, any amazing thing that you like that tastes really good that has a lot of fat in it, typically, uh, is going to have saturated fats. Uh, the monounsaturated fats come from uh, your olive oils, uh, avocado, pretty sure that's a monounsaturated or polyunsaturated fat, though it is solid at room temperature, so I'm sure somebody's going to look that up and quote me on that one. Um, but all nuts contain mono and polyunsaturated fats as well. So the question was, which ones should I be eating on my low-carb lifestyle? And I'm going to take, I'm going to straddle both sides with this. Um, but that's only because I want to give some credit to saturated fats. I think you should be adding some saturated fats into the dietary system. Here's why. Saturated fats come from real food. So given the fact that I'm recommending you guys eat real food, which is whether it's an animal product or uh, something grown from the earth, whatever that may be, I think it's a healthy thing. I think our bodies process it very well. And so this is going to include things like like butter. It's going to include things um, like beef and steak and things that are going to contain a little bit of extra saturated fat. And the reason you want to ingest some of those is because there are a few studies out there that have shown some ingestion of saturated fat content leads to a better hormone profile in the body. And what that's going to do is it helps regulate blood sugar a little bit better. It helps keep testosterone levels, estrogen levels, progesterone levels. Basically, the inner workings of your body tend to work better when you have some saturated fat content in there. Now, if you do too much, there's a chance it's going to store on uh, it's going to store on the side of the arteries, and you're going to develop atherosclerosis, which is hardening of the arteries themselves. But that's why you just do some. 
adding in the monounsaturated fats or the liquid fats, they're going to help promote great things like um, HDL in the cholesterol. They're going to promote uh, a lower blood sugar content. They're going to actually promote uh, joint health and reducing uh, joint inflammation. And that comes from uh, things you may have heard of, omega-3 fatty acids, omega-6 fatty acids, uh, omega-9s. Those are in the liquid forms of the fats, which is why that needs to be the base of the fats that you take in. But do not neglect the saturated fats. I think they have a lot of good properties to them. I think they'll be slower digesting in the body. They'll provide you with more satiation when you eat them, which will lend to more of a less scientific and more of an emotional thing, which is when you eat a piece of cheese, you feel better than when you eat uh, a few almonds. You, you feel more satiated. Um, it makes you less hungry, less desirable to eat something more later. That would be the idea of that. So it's kind of just a um, a fail-safe. If you eat a little bit of saturated fat in there, not only get the hormone profile, it's going to be a little bit better, you're not going to be near as hungry. Uh, and if you mix that with some good greens and things like that, you're really going to kind of cut back on the amount of actual food you would ingest. So and I know that, that kind of jumped a little all over the place, but and I got a little more technical than I would normally with it. But that's because it's a real substance, and it's worth mentioning that you can't just look at something and demonize it. You can't look at a saturated fat and say, I don't do any of that because it's going to give me a heart attack. Saturated fat is not going to give you a heart attack. Sitting still and not doing anything and eating cheeseburgers all day is going to give you a heart attack. But ingesting a little bit of cheese or ingesting some some ground beef is not what's causing the damage. In fact, uh, I'm not so convinced that saturated fats were ever causing a lot of damage. I think it was the trans fatty acids, um, which are saturated fat, or excuse me, they are um, unsaturated fats that have been injected, and we're going to get real technical, they've been injected with, um, with carbons. Um, and what that does, it, it basically shoots it in there and makes a liquid fat a solid fat. And in case you didn't know, that's not a natural thing. It doesn't happen in nature at all. And that's where uh, the damages come from, uh, is from those type of fats getting ingested in the body because you're putting in a fat that it doesn't know what to do with. It's not a real thing, so it looks at it when it goes in, in the digestive system and says, I don't know what to do with this thing. Um, so we're just going to stick it right here and get back to it later. And instead of it storing in normal adipose tissue uh, or, or fat cells, uh, it's sticking to the arterial walls a lot more. And I think that's it resembles saturated fat. Uh, so I'm, I'm fairly certain that's what's causing a ton of the damage. Uh, at least that's what I'm seeing with the normal people. Um, and in fact, that... that Segues perfectly to my amazing little Debbie cakes that I got sitting on my desk. They're really good, by the way. Uh, I don't know if I made that clear enough to anybody. I still haven't eaten one yet, uh, and I will take pictures of the boxes to, to continue my temptation thing that I asked you guys to do for me as well. Um, but I hope that answered that question um, to some degree. Uh, to sum that one up, you need to have both types of fats. Uh, you need to have your monosaturates, and you need to have your saturated fats in there. Uh, lean a little bit heavily more towards the liquid stuff and a little less towards the solids. Um, I think you'll do very well with that uh, going forward. Um, so anyway, guys, that that was just three uh, of the questions that I got, and I hope that helped uh, a little bit to kind of shed some light on just some of the more specific things that I deal with. Uh, I do get very technical. Um, on the show, I haven't been as much because I – you guys are hit with so much fitness knowledge and so many numbers 
that you forget that this is about life and fitness. This is, has nothing to do with the latest, greatest program. This has more to do with looking at something and instantly recognizing that it's either good for you or bad for you, that you should either do it or you shouldn't do it. That's what I'm trying to get across. So you're hearing a lot more anecdotal stories of things that I go through and uh, recommendations to you guys, you know, tips and tricks and uh, projects and, you know, different things that I want you guys to participate in to get you in that mindset. And so that's what this show's about and it's what it's always going to be about. Uh, I don't mind throwing in a few technical things here or there, so feel free to, to ask as many of those kind of questions as you want. I love them, and I love getting specific on those things. But by and large, understand this is going to be a lifestyle. This is something that we're going to do until you don't have to think about it. It just becomes part of your daily life. And for that, we don't need to get scientific because on the surface, we'll know it. And that's kind of how I've attacked this and how I'm going to continue to do this. Um it gets a much better response, and you're going to get a better result as a client or as just a general fitness enthusiast going forward. So that's going to be my style, and uh, I hope you have enjoyed uh, tonight's show. And again, feel free to head over to www.michaelbays.com. Um, Register for the site, uh, register for the forums, uh, take me up on the challenge um, to do your measures and start the eight-week process going forward uh, as I continue to do some shows on how to prevent your holiday weight gain, your Get Fit Before You Get Fat program. Um, register on the site, shoot me some questions at uh, on our contact page, uh, and I'd love to talk about them on the show. And um, you know, going forward with that, I hope you guys have a very happy and healthy first week of November. And I look forward to coming back to you next week. And hopefully we can share a lot more of uh, this thing called fitness um, and this thing called life. Have a good day, guys. Oh, 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 oh